Welcome. You're listening to The Sacristy, a podcast where we seek to learn, discuss, and exalt on the faith delivered once for all to the saints as it has been passed down in the Anglican tradition. I'm Father David Bumstead, the rector at Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood of Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined by my hand-sanitized co-host, Father Matthew Ainsley, the vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church, a church plant in Horizon West, Florida. We're real priests with real jobs and real churches. <laughs> and service times are in our bio. We'd love for you to join us for worship if you're ever in town with us online. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can sit outside and look at it uh, on your computer. Yeah, I guess you don't even have to join us if you're ever in town with us. Yeah, we're actually uh, digital priests. We've uh, <laughs> uh, transhumanized... <laughs> Yeah. And we've uploaded ourselves into a server. You can come see. <laughs> There's uh, a somebody gave somebody was talking on you know one of those many Zoom calls that we're on nowadays, and, and mentioned that maybe we ought not to talk about it in terms of being virtual. I mean, we're still a church. We're still we're still people, right? We still have like we're, virtual means like it's not real, right? But uh, there's a there's a a weird disconnect in reality sometimes. I think, but but virtual is a bit strong. I think. Yeah, I basically say, you know, we're doing our service, and the people that are there are there, yeah. and we're streaming that real event on Online. Facebook. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, hey, everybody. Um, we've been gone a while. We've been gone a while. Uh, one, I, w- I think we both want to thank everyone who's checked in on us over the past few months. Um, we're fine. We're safe. Our families are safe. Our congregations are safe. Um we uh, well, we've been up to a, a quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of things over the past few months. We just haven't really sat down to record. We did record that one time, <laughs> we did. and then I tarried on editing it, and then there wasn't really anything we could use at that point because yeah. at the point we recorded, things were changing like day to day. Yeah, so it wasn't evergreen the yeah. content we put down so well yeah that's one of the that's one of those things that you're living with now as you as you explore uh the world of podcasts and even content in general is there's nothing that's evergreen anymore uh because everything is, is just the, everything changes so quickly in the world we're we're experiencing right now so uh as we record this it's what mid-july uh heading into late july uh in central florida in orlando and um yeah it's hot it is hot. I mean, even when I'm, I'm having to cut my grass late in the day, and even at like seven o'clock, I'll look at my phone and the heat index is like a hundred and five. Yeah. So I'm like, why it's... do I feel dizzy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 hot out, man. Um, and it's actually we actually as we recorded this, we realized that we started this podcast probably about a year ago, and so this is. I would almost say that this is kind of like season two anniversary episode. Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with that. Yeah. So Father Matt, um, what have you been up to over the past couple months as we've worked through coronavirus and everything? Lots. I mean, lots of time with family. Yeah. Lots of time with DoorDash. (laughs) (laughs) The first month, the amount of times I ordered from DoorDash, pretty ridiculous. 
at all hours as well. I remember one time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know what I, I forget what I was watching, but I'm like, man, you know, Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich sounds good right about as now. The kids say it slaps. Do they say that sometimes? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm out of touch with with the youngins at this point. I am too. And it was like. 9 45 i'm like i'll go ahead and order this and, and i didn't tell my wife uh not because you know i like needed permission or something like that but i just knew she was gonna make fun of me so she i kind of want to avoid that rightfully but it was worse because for whatever reason the door <laughs> person rang my doorbell at like 10 15 at night both my <laughs> both my girls were asleep and casey's like who's ringing the doorbell i'm like oh that's my dinner she's like you already had dinner i'm like well yeah it's I don't know, whatever nomenclature you want to use to describe this fourth meal of the day. Fourth meal, sure. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun adventure in door dashing. Uh, how's, how, how, tell us about life at All Souls. All Souls, considering everything that has gone on and is going on, is doing quite well. We, thanks to you, we, when we were 100% online, we were recording here at Emmanuel Episcopal Church and the Dean Johnson Memorial Chapel. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And people have stayed engaged as much as they can. And now what we're doing, we're actually at Church of the Messiah in Winter Garden. And we're, we're using uh, their space on Sunday mornings at 1130. That's the time we can get in there. Probably not the best time for <laughs> uh, young kids who are, are ready to eat lunch, but we're doing yeah. the best we can. Mm-hmm. And then we're simultaneously s- streaming that live on Facebook. And so people, I think for the most part, like I said, uh, have stayed engaged and are mm-hmm. trying to make the best of it. We've been doing a small group study on Zoom. We're actually going through N.T. Wright's biography on Paul. And there's a small group curriculum on Udemy.com. Mm-hmm. I never know exactly how to say that word. Is it Udemy? Where is... Am I putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable? I don't know. <laughs> and that has been... I think it would be... If, it, if, if it's from Greek, wouldn't you put the emphasis on the, on the first syllable? Am I remembering that correctly? Udemy? Yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know. Um, so that's been awesome because... It's challenging and it's academic, but it's still accessible, accessible. That's cool. for lay people. So that's always been kind of a tension for me because people are like, you can't talk about this because no one will get it. And my response has always been, well, if you don't challenge people and their understanding, they rise, yeah. like how are they going to grow? Right. And I think the strikes are really good balance. Cool. And it's been amazing uh, to go through the study. We're about halfway through. It's 18 sessions. So this is no like four-week yeah, four week, um, yeah. <laughs> Advent small group kind right. of deal. Yeah, that's uh, like so that, that's, been, that's been really good. And trying to call people and keep up. And yeah. What about you, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, I say um, Emmanuel has done pretty well. Uh, if our listeners are hearing um, bumps up above us uh that's because the ac is out um well the fan is out for the ac unit but normal wear and tear in a building like ours so we've we've done a lot of that our parish um you know thanks be to god as uh would say most everybody has been healthy uh, outside of you know the normal aches and pains of of parish life um uh, the um so i don't um we stream on facebook live right now and um 
we're looking towards uh, towards reopening again once we feel like uh, we're a little bit safer in our neck of the woods here in Audubon Park. It's a little bit uh, the virus is a little bit more intense uh, in its in its uh, in its prevalence, so we're, we'll be shut for a little bit longer. But um, we uh, we've had good engagement. Um, people are staying connected. I was doing uh, much more teaching back in probably April and May. So, listeners, if you're interested, you can go onto our YouTube page at Emmanuel and even on our Facebook page and find just like, you know, like quick, not so quick, but um, sometimes quick, sometimes not like lectures on, on theology and, and Mark and um, they're fine. They're okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah. Um, you did that one six-hour lecture on the differences between the imperfect and aorist <laughs> did. sense in Greek, and I that did. was yeah, um, that was a little much. But besides that, it's been really good. Yeah, six hours. Um, <laughs> I didn't even take a break, and uh, we're laughing because I'm laughing because I don't even remember the, the difference between the aorist and the imperfect. So, um, anyway, so we're, we've been well. Uh, Becca and I have been well. That's my wife, and. Um, just uh, trying to stay safe, as as I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. So yeah, yeah. If you so, if you're like, I wonder what they've been up to. Um, basically, the same as most other Episcopal priests or the clergy in general around the around the world, doing our best to adapt to a to a situation that changes a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say for me, one of the like you know we were kind of we've been kind of talking about like places of personal growth. Like, um, I would say for me that it's, um, made me more aware of my need to be in the offices. So I stream the offices every night. Um, but especially as of late, as things have just kind of kept going, um, I've been more present to the office in my heart instead of like, I'll admit that sometimes, especially like in June, I was just like, this is perfunctory and I'm just got to get this done. But lately it's been much more like really wanting to open my heart to God's presence in the offices and sort of becoming more aware of a desire to celebrate the mass every day. So I'm going to talk to the bishop about that soon, I think. It's <laughs> um, good. Yeah. But also, um, for me also, uh, we were talking about maybe like books and stuff. Like I have been very sort of relaxed in my reading. Um, one, or, like, one I've been reading is... Uh, Michael Gorman's How to Read Revelation, Revelation Responsibly. And that's because I've just been listening to a lot of the Bible Project and N.T. Wright podcasts. So. You weren't trying to figure out if you're living through the book of Revelation? <laughs> Is that part of the motive? <laughs> uh, no, it's just the Bible Project has done a really nice job with, uh, with, with, uh, with the text, or like kind of a meta look at the text, and it was interesting. And um, Michael Gorman comes recommended. So, yeah, it's a pretty good book so far. Yeah. Yeah, I finish, I think all the months run together, but early on in Corona Tide, <laughs> I finished Hans, Dr. Hans Borsma, oh, yeah, yeah, who has been on this show and has single handedly kept the podcast the show, yeah. <laughs> afloat because uh, he's uh, having people listen to uh, the interview we did with him back in October. Back in the day. And I finished his book on the beatific vision called seeing god and absolutely incredible and that got me interested in uh dante's divine comedy and so now i'm reading that mm-hmm. and that's been brilliant uh, of course 
it's a masterpiece. It has to be at least decent to last like 700 years. Yeah. If people are still reading it. Yeah. It can't be, you know. Yeah. I don't know that people will be reading Twilight in 700 years. I'm going to go with It's with unlikely. No. <laughs> it's unlikely. Yeah. Um, Not to hate on the Twihards out there. It's okay if we do a little bit. We're going we're gonna, to, this is going to be a problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It was a fun story. I think I read the first two books. Never. I, I well, wasn't like all these, the proses. Wow. The only thing I know about Twilight. But it was fun. Is that it's it started as fan fiction for, no, that's the Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, now we're. Fifty Shades of Grey started as Twilight fan fiction. What? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I wish I... You shouldn't... Now I we, still didn't know. I wish neither one of us should know that. But, um, no, I, 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 a friend told me that. Yeah. Um, and I know that the vampires in Twilight sparkle. Yeah. That seems odd. It's... Yeah, it's... They're not scary, really. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. But they suck blood? Uh, I don't... I don't think so i don't know i don't remember it's been a long time okay i won't i won't press you oh here's something fun uh i think you'll enjoy this this is a weird fact about me (laughs) um so lately becca and i because we beat netflix and have seen everything on it now um, yeah we've we've been watching things like ultimate beats beastmaster okay and the titan games and ultimate ninja warrior okay mainlining that I don't know why. Have you seen The Floor is Lava? Yes. She doesn't like that. I like it. I think it's great. We need a a third person. Because me and you are two out of the three on the team. We need to go do that show. Okay. Father Gritter. Yeah. I'm telling you. It'd be great. I saw they they had some youth pastors on there. They had some youth pastors on there. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about... Maybe this is something we could do some investigative reporting on Father Ainsley Lake. You know, like, why is it that American Ninja Warrior and Flora's Lava and uh, Ultimate Beastmaster invite so many Christian people? Perhaps they don't mean to invite them, but they, they seem to appear more often. Well, I can definitely see with the youth pastor thing, because oh, sure. it's just taking, like, youth group games and kids games and doing them on TV. Yeah. So you're, you, have a cer- you have a set of... Uh, very specific skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you marshal for a moderate amount of money if you win. But definitely a chance to be on TV and fall into some yeah. water from a... Yeah. And I say moderate mostly because of game show tags is killer. Oh, I don't know anything about that. And then you're splitting it three ways after Uncle Sam takes his bite. <laughs> <laughs> Be lucky to walk out with a hundy. <laughs> I mean, I think you, you still can, had fun. Yeah, you don't you shouldn't be doing it for the money. I just think I'm every like I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of t-shirts with psalm texts on them. There's a lot of like Bible verses. I think it's cool. It's good, clean fun. Good, clean fun. Good, clean fun. So, are you surprised by that, Father Matt? Surprised by what? By my by my newfound like I don't know admiration for obstacle course sport yeah i mean once you've exhausted all the dystopian sci-fis on (laughs) on netflix which i was i was telling my wife that several of them 
have the exact same plot. Mm-hmm. There'll be like some dystopian sci-fi and things have gone wrong because AI became self-aware and yeah. then the protagonist inevitably discovers three quarters of the way through the movie that he or she is in fact an android. Yeah, that's like Terminator Salvation, basically. It's like, what? I'm a computer. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens a lot. And like by the third one, I'm like, oh, come on, man. It's a little predictable. Give me something new. It's predictable. (laughs) Like, I'm the one who made the AI. I don't know. But it's hard. Yeah. Dystopian, uh, dystopian literature was very popular. I wonder if it will remain popular. (laughs) Any case, well, we 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 don't re- we don't really traffic in dystopia, in the in the church. We traffic in something else. In hope. We tra- yeah, we traffic in hope. Um, that's and so talking about personal growth has been to be really, um, really reflecting on um, a theology of hope that is robust, um, robust enough even to carry. Uh, my my congregation certainly my own heart through some pretty tough times. Sure. Uh, and I, I I again we we always talk about you know Bishop Wright but he's done some really great work on that. There, that was a, one of the books that I read was uh, God in the Pandemic by Doctor Wright. Oh, was it good? It's if you if you'd never heard or read N.T. Wright before, you're like, oh, this is this is like oh, this is like pretty well thought out. If you ever have read, read one of his books or have heard him speak, it's not surprising. Okay. Um, it's uh, he also it's, wrote it in like a day. Yeah. Like yeah. when I saw he yeah. was putting a book out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, well the thing is well the thing that's great about it is it's not like ground it's not groundbreaking like it's yeah. it's just it's it's a very good summary of. Um, Oh, like this is the the church has been through. We 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 talked about how we weren't really going to touch on this today, but the church has been through hard times before, uh, and it's sort of the job of the church to be a beacon of hope, sure. Um, throughout throughout all times, but especially times of 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 uh, you know distress. Say, that's a good one, and it's short. Okay. Yeah, check it out. It's like two thousand pages. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like less than a hundred, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense since he. Like, I mean, wrote it in a day. Wrote it off the dome, yeah. He just went for it. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you write like thousand word books, you know, every couple of years, you know. Yeah, he's got Zondervan on speed dial. He's like, <laughs> get a pen. I got some gold for you. <laughs> Not that Bentley writes out to anything like that. <laughs> Not as such. Um, cool. <laughs> Well, uh, shall we just touch briefly on the calendar before we get into our um, signature sermon first pass? Yes. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, who knowest our necessities before we ask in our ignorance and asking, have compassion, we beseech thee, upon our infirmities and those things which we, uh, for our unworthiness, we dare not and for our blindness, we cannot ask. Mercifully give us for the worthiness of thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Man, I love that collect. It's so good. Yeah. I'm working it into my sermon. Nice, man. Not that we're there yet, but it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, there's other stuff going on besides this major feast of St. James the Apostle on the 25th in the calendar, but you can Google that, folks. But um, 
This is St. James the Greater. Um, this is the son of Zebedee. Yes. Yeah, not to be confused with um, St. James of Jerusalem, the kinsman of our Lord. I always say kinsman because I believe in the perpetual virginity of Our Lady. Um, and yeah, so his brother was John. Uh, so James and John, sons of Zebedee. And uh, I'll, I'll let Father David do the rest of the stuff. But at one point uh, in their life, they put their mom up to uh, getting them a promotion. Put their mom up to you? Th you don't think it was... Uh... I always read that like mom was like... Yeah. I... I, I... I like to read it anachronistically <laughs> and sort of, and it's humorous. I, I think it's humorous. I, when I the disciples like, are, the yeah. backstory, the disciples are getting into this argument about, you know, who's going to be the greatest uh, in the, the eschaton and the arrival of the kingdom and who's going to sit on uh, right. our Lord's right and his left. And in one of the gospels, that it's their mom that puts forward the question to Jesus. Don't you think it'd be great if... And then Jesus is like, you don't even know what you're asking. Yeah, because if you want to be enthroned, that means you want to be crucified. <laughs> well, we're ready. <laughs> Are you, though? Are you? I love that story because it just, uh, I, 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 too, read that with some humor. Uh, maybe that's the wrong way to, way to read it. But I always read Jesus as kind of like squinting at them. Like, mm, I don't know. You don't really, you don't seem to get the Messiah thing quite yet. So I don't know if you really know what we're talking about. Um, are you sure you can drink from this cup? Yeah, dude, we got it. Anyway, uh, we do read about his martyrdom, which is uh, in the in the uh, book of Acts in chapter twelve. Um, the only um, the only apostle we read about being martyred, martyred, I believe, in the New Testament. Could yes. Be wrong about that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you are. Uh, and tradition has it that his body was translated to uh, Compostela in Spain where there is a major pilgrimage site, which um, many folks, many folks that I know uh, have enjoyed. Uh, one of our dear, one of our dear brother priests here in this diocese did that uh, about two years ago, a year ago. I don't know, I can't tell. Time is relative now, but, um, and uh, enjoyed that very much. All right, awesome. But shout out to Father John. this week the lectionary has really uh, pulled through for us father matt um now a word about the tracks uh you know most of the time when we've been uh doing these podcasts we've been in seasons where we don't necessarily have to choose tracks but here we are in the depths of the season after pentecost and uh that's something that we have to do now uh in the interest of our time and the time of our listeners, we're gonna go ahead and, and not do track one. We use track two in Emmanuel uh, and have for a long time. But we also, uh, I also remember you told me that you don't use the Old Testament lesson right now. Yeah, I'm a full-on Marcionite now, so I'm just trying <laughs> to leave it out. Uh, what, what we're doing um, is epistle, psalm, gospel. Yeah. We're keeping it streamlined. There could be a whole episode 
probably wouldn't be that exciting of why we're doing that, but that's that's what we're doing. Maybe an episode on like you know lectionary liturgic steering the virus or something like that. Like how do we do stuff? Yeah, sure, be interesting. So we're we're super focused in in our lessons. So uh, the only insight I have for you, therefore, uh, out of Isaiah is um, just this text here, which is uh, really encouraging. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Have I. Have I not told you from old and declared it that you are my witness? Is there any God beside me? There is no rock, no other rock. I know not one. Um, God is our rock. And that truth, uh, that hope is important now as it ever has been. And that's Isaiah 44, verses 6 yes, through 8. Yes, thank you. Right. The Old Testament lesson in track 2. Uh, I'm going to be really, uh, I'm really curious. I've been, um, I've been preaching from Romans since really really since we've been able to um and it's been really good for me uh really diving back into paul again i'm kind of trying to understand romans better um what about you are you this sunday for proper 11 we'll be preaching on the gospel yeah so you can you can roll on romans 8 uh verse 12 verses 12 through 25 and then i can riff on the parable of the wheat and the tares sure well uh of course there's there's always part of you in um when we're looking at romans uh, there that you want to just kind of summarize where you've been and it, but the problem is is that as you get deeper into this it's like harder and harder to keep spending time summarizing it so you got to be really careful with that at least I, i've been trying that and i think perhaps have overstressed the summary at some points but um at least at this point in romans 8 i feel like what's happening is that he has gone we've gone to the depths of um who can save me from this body of death we've like paul has has drawn us both from the the sort of theological reality of sin down even into the mystical and personal reality of sin um the, the the tension between sin and grace, the tension between uh, the failure of, of humanity versus the law, um, but also the new life of, of the resurrection uh, in Jesus, that which and, and the indwelling of a spirit that is guaranteed to those who are in Christ. What, what's so interesting to me about this text in Romans, and this is something that I was talking to you about offline, but also a friend of ours, that... Um, these two really interesting metaphors are 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 are, um, are really being brought to bear. We have this sense of of, of um, a spirit of adoption, this familial archetype, this familial vision for our relationship with with God uh, in Christ. When we cry "Abba, Father," it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But which is in itself like the one of this that's a, such a glorious text, because as you pointed out yesterday, it, it's really pulling in the Exodus motifs of, of you know, orphan children, of, of slavery, of, of and a renewing a, of a renewing of once again, kinship bonds with God, uh, with our creator. But then Paul does something really um Paul does something really interesting with that. He, he, to me, it's almost like okay, end letter. But the next, the next set of 
verses, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory to be revealed in us, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. So he doesn't leave... He doesn't leave us just at the relationship between man and humanity. Paul is actually drawing us out like another step to have us think about and, uh, and, and, and mindful of that the renewal of God's people in Jesus is not just a renewal of our hearts. It's not just like so that we can act good and be churchified, as great as that is. But it's also the instrument by which the entire cosmos the entire creation, which is groaning after her creator, uh, is going to be renewed. Um, which is something that I've been really trying to, 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 to wrap my mind around, um, and maybe we'll spend much time wrapping my mind around. But um, and, and, and I guess where I want to end on that is that the way that creation groans in expectation of a fuller relationship with creator, the reason why it groans is because of hope. Right, like the the groaning isn't the the important part of this text. It's an observation of the way that things are, and maybe even an observation of definitely an observation of the way that things are now. Um, but uh, we were, uh, the text says we have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what is seen, but if we hope for we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So even the groaning itself is a function of, of hope. We can't even groan uh, right because we don't, um, I should say this, our groaning and creation's groaning is in light of Jesus because we look towards something that is coming in to make it better. Um, the, the, the fullness of salvation, the new heavens, the new earth, um, all of these things being, um, yes, at times unseen hope, but hope nonetheless, uh, and something that I'm 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 been been more mindful of now than perhaps ever before, um, in in light of you know everything that happened around us. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, that's good. I, it's uh, the groaning is groaning on account of the present situation in which we find ourselves with the creation. It's, it's still in the bondage of decay, but it's also a groaning for the liberty that comes right. through the spirit and will come fully and finally at the end of the age. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's not a groaning of despair right it's it's rooted in hope as you said right yeah i mean there's groaning in despair and we know what that looks like and we've seen it quite a bit um and i've had to pastor with it quite a bit and i mean and being being honest like i felt it sure um like not just i felt it like in other people but i felt it personally and so to read a text like this where to reorient groaning like this like the longing towards uh towards the coming of God, uh, which is present to us in Christ, right? Like, it's not just, it's not only an eschatological event, right? That these things are present to us even now. Um, you know, as Father Bergstrom says, uh, reminds me of those great and wonderful words, how long, O Lord? You know, and the, the cry of lamentation, of expectation, 
um, not a cry of abandonment. So that's kind of where I'm headed. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, man. Romans 8. And, you know, I know that my congregation is already uh, sick of me saying this, but probably every other sermon, I, I try to encourage them to get to know Genesis and get to know mm. Exodus because underneath the New Testament it's this I mean Romans is this epistolary recapitulation of the Exodus I mean you, you see the logic of I mean Romans 6 talking about baptism we're going through the new Red Sea to new life um, chapter 7 it's the law of Christ versus staying with the, the law of Moses. You know, they're coming to the, the new Sinai and, right. and trying to work, you know, and he's doing a lot of things in that chapter, especially. Um, and now eight, it's life in the spirit. We're right. journeying through the wilderness led not by a pillar of fire uh, and a pillar of cloud, uh, but led by he... Uh, led by that to which those things point, right. namely the Spirit of God, and He's leading us towards our inheritance, promised land, which is the renewed creation. So it's, I mean, that's the world in which Paul occupied, right. uh, and um, those Jewish qu Christians, uh, you know, and Gentiles would have had to pick up on this as right. well. They would have had to have been trained to. Yes, but yeah, it's really, really just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we were talking yesterday about like how um, like coming to Paul in this time shows, I think, the the depth of his uh, the depth the depth of his learning, the depth of his ability as a as a theologian, an apostle. Certainly not how I would have done that, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. But you know that's what ha that's what happens when you know the Bible really well. <laughs> Just like you, Father Matt. Well, I certainly don't know it anywhere as well as Paul does, but, um, yeah, something to aspire to. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to be hanging out in the gospel, which, uh, in Matthew 13, we're in a series of parables. The one immediately prior to, uh, this one was the parable of the sower and the different, uh, kinds of soil and this week we have the parable of the wheat and the tares and it ends uh as jesus is interpreting it uh he says the son of man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth then the righteous will shine like the sun and the kingdom of their father let anyone with ears listen i'm really diving right in and i'm going to talk about mm -hmm. judgment yeah and that judgment is real and that judgment is necessary and judgment is good and trying to build briefly in 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> a theology of judgment because i think judgment um by Protestant Christians or just modern Christians in general, 
it's it's solely when they hear that word it's solely um understood in terms of something negative right namely the punishment of the wicked right and it in, it of course includes that but it's much more than that right uh, judgment has to do with justice judgment has to do with putting the world right judgment has to do with salvation i think um assuming your audience understands what you're saying you could simply say that judgment is salvation because mm -hmm. judgment is putting things right in the old testament there's a book called judges right and it's not um sort of the ancient people's court like right judge right. wapner if yeah. you grew up in the 80s or judge judy now yeah where it's men and women with robes on and they're hearing cases and, and meeting out prison sentences right the judges were those whom god raised up to be the deliverers the saviors of his people right they would deliver the israelites from their enemies and they would try to bring them back to the straight and narrow from which they had strayed and so that's that's a positive thing right and so we have to understand judgment in yeah. both the negative and the positive senses. Right. Well, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom yes. of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. So um, in essence, there's that sense of like once once wickedness and sin and iniquity, oppression, etc. have been, you know, uh, wrested from their place of high, high control and power and Jesus enthroned. The righteous will be able to shine, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, yeah. righteousness will be the rule of the day rather than iniquity. Yes, and I think um, we have to understand that in order for the righteous to shine like the sun, and and for the world to be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, God has to deal with wickedness. One way I like to think of it, it's it's sort of a a crude way of thinking of it but i think it helps is i think of hgtv and they do these restorations of these homes which i think yeah. is a much better way of thinking about salvation instead of you know what is the story of our world is it the titanic that it's our world is a sinking ship and salvation is a lifeboat and we leave space time and matter behind and god's like well you know mulligan <laughs> or is it the story of a house restored and right. The cosmos is God's house. It's his temple. It's his dwelling place. Yeah, he made it. And in these different, if you want to talk about Fixer Up or Chip and Joanna Gaines, they'll come to these old, dilapidated houses and they'll fix them up. Just thus the name of the show, Fixer Upper. And the first thing they do, which I think is probably the most fun scene to watch, is day one is demo day. Yeah. They don't just, okay, this mall, this wall mall, this wall is full of mold. They don't just like slap a paint of coat over it. They've got to deal with the mold. They've got to deal with the termites. And as they restore it, it's not just this restoration to its original state. Uh, they bring it to a place that it, this, this home, mm -hmm. to a place it's never been before. It's this, this utter transformation. It's, it's the same with us in salvation. Uh, it's familiar. There is continuity, but salvation is not God restoring humanity to 
primal, pristine, Edenic innocence. It's actually better than that. It, God's saving us unto glory. Yeah. We're, we're shining like the sun. We're united with him. We see him face to face. And I think that's helpful to understand, you know, God has to deal with the mold and the termites. Right. He has to, now to switch back to the agrarian uh, imagery of Matthew chapter 13, he has to deal with the weeds. Mm-hmm. And But uh, John Chrysostom is so great in his sermon uh, on this passage. He essentially says, you know, why does God, why does the master say to not pull up the weeds now? Well, he says, you know, for one reason, because of the stage of growth, you're going to end up perhaps in a in a worldly sense hurting Christians by trying to, you know, or hurting the faithful by weeding out, you know, the right. heretics and or those who you think are such. But he he says that he thinks it's because God tarries in his mercy so that the tares may become wheat. Yeah. And that's really incredible. That's encouraging. (laughs) And God is willing that none should perish. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's slow to anger, full of compassion, as we'll we'll sing in the psalm, Mm -hmm. uh, in in our psalm for uh, proper 11. But another thing I'm going to try to do in my sermon is is make sure that I retain because some people with this this vision of of new creation they'll just want to leave behind completely the negative sense of judgment sure. which is definitely in this text and text throughout scripture and really try to cast aside perhaps because judgment doesn't fit with our modern sensibilities that that could be some of the motivation but the fact remains that we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ to give an account for the deeds done in the body whether good or evil and when it's the judgment seat is a good thing that's jesus fully and finally putting things right right um so we want to have both sense both senses of judgment uh, and both both senses of judgment are a part of the Catholic faith mm-hmm. and taught in Scripture. And one of the things that modern universalists will do, and I'm actually going to talk about this in my sermon, believe it or not, <laughs> and we'll find out whether that's a mistake. But, you know, I think these, we got to teach the full council and talk about things from time to time. I just say, well, we'll do that for another sermon. Then you, <laughs> you kind of never actually get there. Right. And talking about the difficult things piece by piece. But what happens in modern universalist theology often, which is very different from patristic um, universalists or, or those who speculate about, you know, is there a time where even the judged and the damned are, are won over and right. um, redeemed? You know, that's a that's a whole nother. But it always remains in the patristic in the patristic sense it always remains something that's left to the counsel of god himself yes but but what you'll get um i'm going to get to my point eventually so we can land the plane with modern universalists they will rightly note that language in scripture about uh, judgment about hell 
is figurative. Mm -hmm. But then they conclude from that that since it's figurative, it's not real. Sure. Since it's a signpost, they basically, the logic is, is so interesting to me. And by interesting, I mean terrible. That, oh, well, th this isn't to be taken literally. Well, it's it's a figurative language. It's functioning as a signpost. It's talking about God and the cosmos and salvation. Well, if it's a signpost, what is it then pointing to? It's saying something right. about, it, it's referring to something actual, even though figurative, metaphorical, um, language is being is being used and so it'd be sort of like concluding you know disney has these great billboards on property that they have one for the tower of terror where it's 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 got like the i don't know if it's cardboard or plastic or whatever where you actually see the ride on there and it's a working billboard yeah. and it, it's so good that maybe from a distance you could say well there's a ride right and so as you get closer to say well no that's not a, a ride it's it's a sign but how absurd would it be to conclude that, well, since that sign is a sign, it's a symbol of something else, that therefore that there is no ride no such ride, as the right. Tower of Terror. And I think that's essentially what they're doing. Sure. And that hermeneutic is also applied selectively because they don't take figurative language about things that they like, God, heaven, and say, well, therefore God doesn't exist or therefore heaven doesn't exist because it's the Bible's making use of figurative language. Right. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Um, I think um, I think in, in in when we talk about universalism uh, from the pulpit, that um, my sense is that we have to be uh, very clear that um, judgment is God's. Sure. Um, and that when we when we when we say that we're taking when we when we take a position about and sort of like a meta conversation, right? Like when we take a position about judgment, we're not saying that we know, right? We're saying that God knows who is the wheat and the tares. Sure. And we're saying that He's going to take care of it. Yeah. Um, and I always say that I I only say that not not to uh, not to discount anything you've already said, but because I'm always sort of concerned about the, 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 the folks who are looking for ammo. Sure. To puff themselves up. To yeah. create a system a, 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 in them uh, self-righteousness. Like, well, I'm in the club. So sure. I don't have to worry about anybody else. Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to get into No, a, I don't think you are either. I'm not trying to get into a who's in, who's out. No. The, the whole... My sermon can be distilled in three words judgment is real yeah instead of um oh yeah we're, we're all we're all good no, no matter what we yeah. do and i think that that's, and, and yeah. you know this is just a chess right. game and we're all going to get participation participation trophies regardless and nothing we do uh yeah. really matters instead of I think the world around us shows that, that there's a, a real problem with the idea that everything is fine and everybody's going to be good. I, I just don't see it anymore. Even if, even at my most Pollyannish, like in the before time, before Corona and, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, everything we've seen over the past few months, like, 
I think that judgment is something that we need to consider because of the groaning of creation has become that much more present to us. Yeah. And Romans 8 is actually about judgment and the positive. Yeah, and the positive, absolutely. And it's something that we should... um, We should not become arrogant in the sense of, well, Sky Daddy... The cool, the cool uncle, <laughs> yeah. the cool uncle in sky. <laughs> the cool uncle in the clouds. He's got. He's, you know, even if I turn my back on him, like he'll he'll get over it, or you know, yeah. God is love in sort of a hallmark card kind of way. Instead of you know, Paul the apostle of grace says, "Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap." He says that to Christians. Yeah. Um. But on the other hand, yeah, there, there does have to be that good godly fear before our maker. Yeah. It's but, an invitation, but, but I mean... But like, the Christian should mostly long for the justice of God, the saving, restorative justice. Right. That's, that's the emphasis. Right. We long for... Um, the reality to which the judges in the Old Testament point. Right. Daniel's name, now we're jumping to the exile, way ahead of history. His name means God is my judge. Right. It doesn't mean, it's not, oh yeah, crap, I gotta remember that God's out to get me. Right. God is my deliverer. Yeah. 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 And it's within that Exodus motif to bring it full circle. It all works with it. It all works with it. Yeah, it totally does. And to, um, you know, in the kind of, to bring it back to piety so that we can um, land the plane when, in prayer. Um, He's actually motioning. I might, like, literally land this thing. He put up a, <laughs> his seat back and tray table. All his trash is gone. The flight attendant has taken it, and he's trying to land the plane. Um in in the in the, the reason why Paul is going to write a letter like Romans or any of the New Testament letters letters is to remind the Christians that they are agents of that restorative salvation, and that um, our work in the world is not to condemn the world, right, but rather to be a function of God's salvation in it in Christ. Um, and again, uh, as I've said this over the past hour or so. Um, that is something that Christians need to hear, especially now. Even as so many of us are uh, quarantined or stuck at home or whatever, like that there is a part to play in God's salvation, even now. Sure. Even if it is only to be a hopeful witness to the world around us, uh, to be praying for the world around us, and certainly to stand against um, wickedness, inequity, injustice, all of those things that beguile the human the human eye uh and and bewitch the human heart mm-hmm. um and so yeah judgment is judgment is real yeah. judgment is yeah. real absolutely yeah well yeah i mean i have to give my hot take on second corinthians now because you brought it up we are new creations we're we're ministers of reconciliation and it's in this context of being ministers of reconciliation that paul says he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Right. Like we we are the me as the church, as we're we're knitted to Christ mystically, 
We do the work of Christ in the world, which is reconciliation. Mm -hmm. We become the means by which uh, God's kingdom comes on earth as in heaven. And that's really, that's really exciting. That's not to say it's not saying anything about one's own personal salvation. Right. But that's not primarily what's in, what's in view there. Uh, but that's, uh, that's hopeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. <sighs> All right. <laughs> well, it's been great to uh, to get back in the swing of things. Uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, recording a little bit more often now. And um, this uh, has been a good exercise for us to to, to get back together and, and uh, sharpen sharpen each other. Uh, I've I've definitely missed you know regular converse, more or less regular sermon prep conversations with Father Matt. Yeah, this really does help the ministry of the pulpit for both our churches. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Um, and both of us have been, as we've mentioned, um, really trying to uh, encourage the offering of the daily office in our parishes. Uh, and in light of that, uh, let's pray together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father, Father of all mercies, we, the thine unworthy, unworthy servants, do give, give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. I just want to say a few more things about Matthew chapter 13. <laughs> okay. Davis is looking at me, and uh, we're both very hungry. so we're gonna... Yeah, we're going to get some Taco Bell. So, <laughs> Blessings, everyone. Bye. Bye.